day 153. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. First Chronicles 13. Yeah. All right. So we ended off talking about last time how David had everybody. <laughs> Everybody right. was, was with David, um, is what the Chronicle is trying to say. He's like, yo, you know, all the warriors, right, from all the different tribes lined up to make David king. And he, there was this joy, right? There's this joy in following yep. and submitting to God's rulership and leadership. In our day and age, the word submission just has a negative connotation. Right, right, but what right. the Lord is saying, like, no, 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 submission to me, <laughs> that's where joy is actually Found. Like a bride yeah. on her wedding day submitting to the person that does their hair and makeup, mm. right? That's not a bad submission. Nah. It's her saying, no, I know that you're going to make me look nice. nice. So I'm going to sit here in the chair and do what you asked I'm me to do. do. What you, exactly what you said. And say. then at the end, oh, glory's going to shine and people are going to, they're not going to be able to take their eyes off of me. Right. But it's because of what you've done, right? Mm. That's the goal of submission. Yep. So we're in... This highlight tape, right? Yep. Highlight reel. You're not going to see anything about the sin with Bathsheba right. here. None of that. None of David's. Uh, at the one, one, one sin you'll see later. But um, for the most part, overly, overly positive, right? Right. And he's like, man, this was the ideal king in Israel over God's people, and the king should be like him. Now, what's interesting, what happens in 13, is that David is going to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Right. Right? Ark of the Covenant signifies... Um, the law of Moses, right? right? So the Torah, the first five books, it represented God's presence and it represented God's kingship. Right. And David has this concern for all three of those, the right. law of God, the presence of God, and God's rulership over the people. Now, this is, a, once again, in contrast to Saul, who neglected right. the ark, right? So again, the king should have these concerns in mind. And David gets the ark and his biggest concern is God's presence i love it right. because david he showed david has already been prospering right but what he says is like no even after david had prospered right. he still cared about the presence of god and i think the text wants us to remember that no no like we should value god's presence even after prosperity right right, right? right. like even after we've been blessed right we should still have the most reverence for the blesser ah oh, that's good yeah. yeah 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 but then it gets to the point where he sees no oh, look there's a blessing of yeah. the presence of God, but there's also a burden that comes mm -hmm. with it, right? Mm -hmm. And we see, and we've talked about this before, the mishandling of the ark. We saw it in First Samuel. First Samuel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And David finds himself at a place, right? We've already gone through that, but <clears throat> we find him at a place and he's going to correct it later, hmm. but he had this deep fear so much so that he's like, Leave that bad boy. Yeah, up. yo, go that give it house. to your boy. Yeah, go bad, eat him. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. And it's like the Bible does tell us that we should have a fear of God, mm. but the fear isn't. It's not only meant to be this terror. It's more this deep, uh, and abiding reverence, right? Mm. So David's going to realize this. Oh no, 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 no! I don't just need to be terrified. I need to be reverential the blessing of god needs to come and it should come and abide but i i always want to be mindful and i don't want to go about carelessly dealing uh with god and i think that's a a word for us as well to to be reminded that 
the God that we serve is a good God full of good will mm. towards us and our response to him isn't terror. Mm. It is a reverential fear yeah. that wants him close, uh, but is mindful of how we interact with him. Yeah, so our enthusiasm for this good God, we need to keep um, in remembrance just the holiness right. of this good God Amen. as well at the same time. I love that uh, 14 comes. And yeah, the text is just trying to be clear. It won't just tell you that he had God's blessing. It'll show you, right? Yeah. So it talks about he has kids, right? That's this major sign of blessing yeah. in their day. Remember the patriarchs, how bad they wanted children, right? He's defeating enemies. That's salvation right. in their day. And his name is buzzing in the streets. So he's yeah. famous. Right. Like his name, he's on billboards and everything. Right, right, right. Um, and it's interesting because in, uh, especially in like Deuteronomy, the text will, t will tell us that, hey, Israel, no, no, when you obey, the nations will be attracted to right. you. And you see that David has this attraction from people all over. And what I love about this, um, what David does when uh, enemies come against him, uh, what he does is he uh, he goes to the Lord, right? He inquires of the Lord. Once again, something Saul wouldn't do, right? right. When he is in trouble, you see who David trusts in. You, when right. he needs a refuge, you see where his rest is. And every time enemies came against him, the text is going to be clear that he inquired yeah. of the Lord about yep. the wisest and best way to go about it. And this is what I love, that when God guides and we follow God's guiding, it leads to God's glory. Mm. So David cry, cries out, God guides him. Uh, and, and then David wins the battle against the Philistines then he calls that place, right? Therefore, they named that place. The Lord burst out. What's interesting about that, he says, yo, like a bursting flood, God used me to burst out against my enemies. But David's going to name that place not after what he did, but after what God does. Mm. Go back to uh, um, uh, Samson. Mm -hmm. Samson finds himself in a pickle against the Philistines. Samson cries out to God to help him. Mm -hmm. God helps him. He he washes people with the jawbone of a donkey, and then Samson is going to name the place after him. Mm -hmm. Yo, let's name this place after the one who cried out. Mm. David's going to say, nah, God guided, God led us. Mm. So this place is not about my fame, but it's about God's glory. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It led to God's glory here. And, um, you know, it's interesting. It's going to say he burned the idols in the, right. in the Philistine territory as well. Remember, the Philistines were in the promised land. Right. So he was supposed to, um, they were supposed to drive out the the, the Canaanites, holy realm uh, for this holy God to dwell with his holy people. And, uh, you know, in contrast to the kings that came after David, right, like who served yeah. the idols of the nations, he burns the idols of the nations. So, again, he is zealous about the worship of the one true God, yeah. making sure his people don't worship any other gods. I love and what I love there too. Uh, uh, no, he doesn't take his victory for granted. So he wins mm -hmm. that first battle in fourteen. Yep. The Philistines come back, and he could have just said, "Yo, I'm nice with it. I'm just gonna go back and do the same thing that I did the last time." But mm -hmm. in chapter fourteen, you see him once again. The Philistines raided in the valley. Verse fourteen. So David again inquired of God, and God answered him, yo, don't pursue them directly. Come around back. And, and so you see God saying, I, David, I've still got you, although you're just not going to do what you, you did last time. And so here you see somebody that doesn't just rest on their past interaction with God, but his interaction with God is a very present one. Mm. And it's not just that God has guided. David shows us that God is a willing guide who will 
continue to God. Yeah, so God, uh, he is guided by God, um, and he sticks closely to the word of God. I love that about right. David. So in 15, you know, he he planned and tried to get the ark in 13, but it tells us of him actually getting it in 15. So in 15, what happens is um, he, he brings the ark back to Jerusalem, and he's like, no, no, Levites, y'all have to carry this thing. Take care of this. Because this is the way that's prescribed in the first five books of the Bible. And so, um, yeah, this Torah... This law-observant king yeah. is the king that the people mm. need. Deuteronomy 17, remember we talked about that a ton with kings. It's interesting. Now, this is what's crazy, bro. Um, so so remember, like, when you're reading the Bible, that you have to think about the people in the story and what's going on, right? right. But you also have to think about the community it was written for. So we keep saying, right. this is written for the community that right. came back from exile. Right. Now, after exile, there was no Ark of the Covenant. Right. So why would you even tell me this whole big story all about the right. Ark of the Covenant? People dying on the Ark of the Covenant. Like, why? Because it represented God's holiness. Yeah. Right? And the holiness of God was, was supposed to be um, the central concern, one of the central concerns of the community. Yeah. And he wanted them to know, no, no. This God is still holy. Right. Ain't no ark no more. Right. But this same God yep. that dwells among you guys is still a holy God. So like you said before, there needs to be this reverence, this deep, awe-inspiring respect and exaltation of the God of the universe because he's real <laughs> and he's a consuming fire, as the text says in the law. Yeah. 16. Yep. Yeah. David's going to bring the ark back and then he's going to talk about it. He's going to talk about God. He's going to sing this, right? He'll, there's going to be this like uh, music break where David just has this long drawn out psalm of thanksgiving to God. He's going to talk about the greatness. He's going to invite mm. folks to sing this uh, praise to God. He's going to talk about the character of God, the fact that he doesn't change, reminding mm. them he made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the same God that made the promise is keeping the promise. Mm. And I love that after he talks about Israel's role and what God has done for them in verse 23, he's like, yo, let the whole earth sing to the Lord, proclaim his salvation from day to day, reminding them that, yo, I'm talking about what God has done for us, but just because I talk about what God has done for us, don't forget that God is a global God. He's mm -hmm. not a tribal mm -hmm. deity that's only concerned mm. with the his people within the four walls of this kingdom or mm. the four walls of the church. This mm. great God is a global, uh, universal deity that mm. is concerned about all of his creatures, mm. praising him. Yeah, and it's it, worship being this response for a person and for a people, people. Mm. that has been captivated by how good God is. I Where was I? It was somewhere. Man, I can't remember where I was, but it was recently. And I don't know what I was doing. I can't remember. But I had this overwhelming sense that I needed to worship. Mm. Right? It was like, you know, I've had it. I've had that experience a few times. I remember one time I was leaving seminary, bro. Right. I was leaving class. Yeah. And for anybody who thinks that, you know, theology and right. worship and the heart can't be, you know, complimentary, it's not true. You right. know, um, I remember leaving and my professor, we were, it was a gospels class. And uh, when I left, I, I, I had to turn on worship music in the right. car, mm. right? Because I had been convinced right. by the way he was talking about the Lord Jesus and what right. he did for us mm. that 
he was worthy of nothing but worship for me. Yeah. And David understands that here. And he implements that among God's people. And I love what verse 31 says, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let, the, uh, the, let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. I think our rightful pra- uh, place and position in the world is to place our worship and our joy in the reign of God mm. in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I think when we do that, we'll find that we never have quite enough time or no spaces off limits. So mm. after he does that and he leads mm. the people of God broadly in this praise, verse 43 says this, look, then all the people went home like, who hi, they, we tired, bro. So they all go home mm. and it says this, look, and yeah, David good. returned home to bless his household. Yeah. He's like, yo, I'm back, but I'm not. I ain't done taking time off yeah, yeah i'm overflowing so yeah, yeah. yo y'all are gonna get it too just because you yep. saw me on the live stream and heard me on the live stream <laughs> it don't mean that i'm not gonna come back and give y'all some more that's and good. that that's and good. you just see somebody who has this heart to bless the lord yeah yeah pray that it would be so yeah bless. yeah father we ask that you would give us hearts that want to respond and you respond to what you've done for us uh, only with a blessing of you lord i pray that we would praise you and worship you today because you are worthy of our praise Thank you.